On today's episode, I have Spunk Sasser talking with us, and he is probably one of the most well-known and respected cowboys in Florida. He's a 36-time Southeastern Circuit qualifier and a 15-time circuit champion. Thank you so much for taking time today to talk with us. You're quite welcome. Okay, so now I've heard that you got hurt in a horse accident. How long are you supposed to be able to take to recover, and what have you been doing to keep yourself occupied while not being able to do much? Um, well, yesterday was uh, five weeks, and they said nine to ten weeks. Um, what happened is uh, I broke seven ribs and punctured my lung. Mm-hmm. So uh, I still got a little while. Yesterday, like I said, yesterday was uh, five weeks. Mm-hmm. Now, are you feeling starting to feel better now, or? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, well. Uh, day one, uh, to tell is uh, like a hundred percent improvement. Okay. Um, but uh, the last four days has been pretty good. Um, really, the last week has I've been able to 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 get out, and feed my horses, and I actually. Um, I'm sure I hope the dog right listen to this. Uh, I actually I broke my horse for the last couple days. Oh gosh! <laughs> yeah. Now I've not done nothing. I have walked out of the place. Uh huh. Yeah, I uh, bet you it's been hard when you had to sit there and you couldn't get out because I mean I know you're really active, so I bet you were going stir crazy, huh? Oh, uh, I have watched everything that you can watch on YouTube. <laughs> what what kind of but, stuff have you watched on YouTube? Uh, well, I have watched kind of rope and tape. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have watched. Uh, I got so bored the other day. I watched uh, Evil Knievel's song. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, so, what kind of rope? And I mean, are you watching uh, rope? And as far as just in general at the you know competitions, or after all you've won, do you still watch you know tip videos? Uh, I've been watching a lot of tip videos. Mm-hmm. And then I've been going back through some old national finals. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever I can pull up on YouTube. Um, because I, I, I really like watching rope and tapes, and I like watching and, and tips from different people. Mm-hmm. I think that is so important that you have won so much, and you're still watching tip videos. I think people could really learn from listening to that. <laughs> Uh, I think it's I think it's very important you know, for people to to listen and and watch and and take people's advice whether it's good form or bad form take the advice mm-hmm. and you're never ever too good to learn anything. Mm-hmm. That's so cool to hear that from you. Now I know that you used to steer wrestle, you tie down rope, and you team rope. When you were working all three events, which one was your favorite? Uh, whichever one I was winning. <laughs> um, Do you feel like you were better at one than the other? Uh, to me, my camp open was always my weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, I never felt like that, uh, I put the effort in the camp open like I did to wrestling and team open. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, the steer wrestling, in my opinion, probably was my most favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that's uh, if I could run another steer right now, I would I would dearly love it. Um, unfortunately, my knees just won't let me. I've had four knee surgeries, and um, they just won't let me now. But I really never had a favorite favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I speak the truth when I said that uh, whatever I was winning in was my favorite. I love to win. Right. I don't care what I do, I love to win. Mm-hmm. Um, but my weakness, in my opinion, my weakness was my kip rubber. Right. Now, you steer wrestled up until not been, I mean, you stopped, it, it wasn't that long ago that you stopped. Um, did you stop tie down roping for? Go ahead. I think it's been like, I think it's been like three years, maybe four since I've run a steer wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's not uh, really that long open, ago. Uh, Kip Open, uh, I think 2000 and really t- about 2009 maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I could be wrong on that date. but uh, And I have wrote kids a little bit since then, but not... I can stand at all three events. No matter what, everywhere I went, whether I was in Navy, Florida, or I was in Franklin, Tennessee, mm-hmm. I ended all three events. You know what's cool is um, I live in New Braunfels, Texas, for the time being until we can go back to Florida. But I was at a roping practice with Tyler the other day. And there was some guy in there who asked me about you. And I thought it was so cool because, I mean, I'm always homesick. I just love being in Florida. So when they mentioned your name, I'm like, you know Spunk? And they're like, of course, everybody knows who he is. He always always come out here. (laughs) Yep, I've I've, I've been very fortunate in my life. I I have. I've done. I'm I'm not ready to retire or quit or anything like that. But I've, I've got a real big known name. Pretty much everywhere and really known in Florida. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think that one of the reasons, not just because you're winning, but I mean, you're such a nice person. Anytime I've ever been around you, you've been smiling and positive. And I think that has something to do with you being so well-respected as well. Um, yeah, I got, a, I got a student right now that I'm, I'm helping. And, and I, I told him just last night, I went to the rope and bend with him and uh, I told him last night, I said, you know, I said, when I rope a steer and, or I bulldog a steer or I rope the kid, if I didn't do very well, yeah, I was upset. Mm-hmm. But when I walked out of that arena, that it, it all had to be behind me, right. whether I won or lose. Right. Um, so, you know, I was the type of person, uh, you know, my, my wife, which I've been married for 26 years, I, I fixed me a little tantrum one time. And when I I missed a, what I call a layup to win good money, mm-hmm. and I jerked my rope around and spun my horse around and went outside and was just pitching a little fit. And she come around there and she said, "Do you know how many kids is watching you right now?" Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, "No, I don't." She goes, "Well, you know, none of that what you're doing is going to bring back the win." Mm-hmm. You made a mistake. It just shows that you're human, but stick your head up and go support somebody else before the event's over. Right. And, and it did, it made a lot of sense. It did. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and that's been years ago, years, years ago. Mm-hmm. So I try, I try, you know, I try to be helpful to everybody. And whether I win or lose, 
I try to have a positive attitude when I come out of the ring. Right. That's so powerful. Now, talking about you helping others, how's it feel to watch a lot of these guys that you taught winning now, um, like Juan Alcazar, I know is one of them. Um, I know a bunch of guys who are on the circuit right now talk about how you're the reason that they're um, rodeoing. So how does that feel? Uh, it, it, um, I know what it means now, to which I've never had kids, mm-hmm. um, but I know what it means now for my dad to live through my eyes, you know, for me, him watching me win, mm-hmm. you know, because my dad is the one that, that helped me so much, and he's helped so many kids, and I fell right into his footsteps, you know, helping kids, and, uh, you know, I, I love Juan like a son. Mm-hmm. Um, Juan is very special to me, and uh, it, it makes me feel really good when they when they win or when they do something that I, I tell them they need to do that is maybe riding their horse or maybe something else in life that helps them become a winner. Now, you guys do the Sasters Youth Rodeo Camp. How did that get started, and what kind of goes on at these camps for somebody who might want to send their kid there? Well, unfortunately, um, my sister was the backbone of the summer horse camps Mm -hmm. and my niece Lara Deweese which uh, got killed in 2016 Mm -hmm. when she was uh, about I think she was about three and they actually went to my uh, Dallas Deweese's which was kin to me through marriage at that time Um, and Dallas had a barrel racing summer horse camp up there mm-hmm. and my sister took her and took some more of our family members and stuff like that and that's how the camp got started mm-hmm. and when we come back I think this year would have been 30 years mm-hmm. that we we done it and unfortunately uh, I'm sure a lot of folks know and a lot of folks don't my sister got very ill, and my sister passed away October the 5th. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that said, I I don't know, because I can't do it by myself, mm-hmm. um, I don't know that I'll, I'll have any more of them. Right. As far as schools and stuff, um, you know, I always have, always have kids coming over, and I always have schools. I have steer some schools team open schools and some breakaway. Um, but going back to your question, what kind of events did we have uh, at the, the summer horse camp? And, you know, we, we rope kids, we break away, we team up, we steer wrestle, we run barrels, we run poles, and we tie goats. Mm-hmm. And, and we done that for a week. Right. Um, that the kids come there and stay. Um, the very first camp that we ever had, I had 71 kids come to my camp. The very first one, and it was it was just me and Lisa, mm-hmm. and we didn't have a clue. <laughs> we had we had kids laying on top of kids. We had mattresses. My sister had to go down and buy mattresses to put on the floors because we had no idea that we was going to have such a turnout. 
Right. How many, or what's the biggest amount that you've had since then? That's it. That's the biggest amount we had. We had, we had 60 or 70 for the first probably uh, five or six years. And it just got to be where it killed us for a week. Mm -hmm. It it literally, me and Lisa was like whipped. Mm -hmm. And uh, so then we cut it back. We said 50 kids only. Mm -hmm. And then we hired some people because you got to realize, which I don't know this end of it, they was breakfast served, they was lunch served, and they were supper served. Mm-hmm. And so you're talking about feeding the 50 kids. Right. <laughs> one, likes a, one likes a hamburger. The other one likes a macaroni. One don't eat fish. You know, so yeah. uh, in 28 years that we've done it, you learn a, a lot. Right. That's awesome. I mean, there's so many people that I know attended that, and that camp is so well known as well. Um, and I was good friends with Lara and um, also with Lisa. And on the positive side of all this sadness, is they absolutely adored you. Every other thing that came out of Lara's mouth was a quote from you. I can like quote so many things from you when I haven't even been around you that much. Um, but they thought you were just awesome. So that was that was really good times. Me and Lara was uh, very competitive, mm-hmm. um, and and it's funny that uh, you know we was competitive, and we were doing the two opposite things. She run barrels, I roped, I steer wrestled, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And you know, and she didn't she didn't know that end of it. But Lara, whatever Sunday she had called me. Well, how much did you win, Uncle Spunk? <laughs> well, if I told if I told her I won eleven hundred dollars and she won fifteen hundred, well, I had to hear all about the barrel racing. That sounds well, about right. <laughs> exactly, but if if the shoe was on the other hand, you know, there if I won fifteen hundred dollars and she won eleven hundred, okay, Uncle Spunk, I gotta go. <laughs> you know, she, she didn't. She didn't want to. She didn't want to discuss that. Yeah, she was so funny and so much fun to be around. Um, now, with you rodeoing for such a long time, is there any memories that stick out, like really good memories that is one of your favorites? Um, yeah, you know, I've got so many. I could uh, I could probably write a good book or a bad book. <laughs> uh, um, you know, and I don't know what year it was. I, I have no idea that. And I'm going to say it was probably maybe in the early 90s. Um, Dr. Larry Bailey, which is in Plant City, wrote Kiss for years and circuit champion. And then one of my best friends, longtime partner, won the circuit together, Fletcher Nail. Um, we all struck out, us three, him as a Kip Roper, us as a team Roper, and then me as a steer wrestler too. And we, we went to... We rodeoed ourselves all the way to Reno, Nevada, mm-hmm. and we had we had a blast. That was the some of the most fun us up there in the mountains, swimming in the creeks, and it freezing cold. We're from Florida, <laughs> and you know everybody thinking we're retarded, and it just. That was one of my greatest memories, uh, you know, of me rodeoing. Just 
us taking off, I think we were gone maybe like a month. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't remember if we done good or we done bad. So, um, but I've got so many memories with so many friends, and I've got I've got friends all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, to me, when people I watch it on TV watch rodeos on TV and people will tell me how much of a family sport this is, they're speaking 100% the truth. Right. Um, now talk about memories. Let's talk about one of your kind of recent wins is your one in Vegas where you won. It was like 250000 What did that feel like? Um, <laughs> I mean, you can, you can watch the video and you can see how you felt. <laughs> If you could have seen the video from me being in the back back there, uh, you know, I've been very fortunate, and I've won a lot, and I've won a lot of little. I've won won big, and when I say big, I've won, you know, from $5,000 and up to $20,000 before, but $20,000 is the most I've ever won at one time. Mm -hmm. So... You know, to go back on this story that, you know, that you're fixing to listen to is, you know, I had to have uh, several of my friends almost beg me to go to Vegas. <laughs> Funk, you need to go to Vegas. Funk, you need to go to Vegas. It's unreal the money that you can win out there. Well, I went for two years and I watched. And when I was out there, I watched every roping and <clears throat> to... To go back on this story, I asked my dad one time, I said, uh, I said, Dad, how come I don't never win nothing big? It's huge. Mm-hmm. He said, for A number one, you never play big. And so, you know, I thought, you know, that makes a lot of sense. I never put the money up to win big. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, I go out there and I see these guys taking the victory lap and, and swinging their hats when they taking the victory lap. And, and, and doing stupid things, and I was like, you know, if I ever won that rope, and I, I don't think I would do all <laughs> Well, I hate to tell you that I, I felt like I'd done just as much crazy stuff. Oh, I think you stuff. you were pretty energetic. <laughs> yes, I, I was. And, and it, um, it was life-changing, but it was very, very, very emotional for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the year my dad passed away, and when I left home, I told my mom, I said, I'm going to win this roping outfit for my dad. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and what you got to realize is, you know, when I spoke up there, you know, they in each roping out there, they had between 500 and 700 tapes. Mm-hmm. So, so for you to go out there and make the short round is just a big blessing. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, when I went out there, you know, I was just like everybody else there. I went out there to win. Uh, but I had no idea of the turnout that it was going to be. Um, you know, we went, we roped our rope, and we were nine on our first steer. And the boy that I rode with, his name's Darren Sims. He asked me, he says, what do you think? And I said, well, Darren, I said, it's, you know, we got to run four steers. And I said, let's just go be faster on our second steer than we was our first. 
and we come back and we was eight on our second steer. And then he come around there and he asked me again. He said, "Well, what do you think now?" I said, "Well, let's just go be faster than we was on our second one, on our third one." So we come back and we was seven, and uh, which made us faster than we was on our second one. So. He paced around there for a little bit, and he said, do you think we're going to make the short round? I said, I said I'm pretty confident that we're going to make the short round. He goes, how can you be this calm? <laughs> and I was like, well, we either going to make it or we're not going to make it. And I told him, I said, I think we'll wind up somewhere around 15th is what I think we'll wind up. Well, we wound up 17th. Mm-hmm. And the money starts paying out big money at 15th slot mm-hmm. and so when we made the short round he goes what do you want to do i said if if we got a good steer i said we gonna make the very best run we can make and then from there it's in everybody's hands and we come back in the short round and we was six one and we made an outstanding run and then for us to sit there from 17th place all the way to first, you know, I counted it down because when we got to, we was 17th and when we, I knew that I was going to win 15th, I told him, I said, well, that's $20,000, that's $10,000 a piece. Mm-hmm. I said, dude, I said, we're, we're winning good. Well, then when we climbed up to 10th, that jumped us to $40,000. And it just keeps climbing up and I'm like, I said, we've done, you know, I said, we're going to do good here. Mm-hmm. Well, then when we try, we climbed up to fifth, <laughs> well, I jumped up to like, I think it was a 119,000. I could be wrong on these figures, but mm-hmm. you know what? When I got to, when it, I was fifth place, you know, I was, I was winning first with five more teams to go. I, I told him, I said, hey, dude, I said, we got a really good chance of winning this roping. And then when we got to second, I think reality set in then. I was just like, <laughs> I was, I was really, really nervous. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's kind of, it's kind of funny that the first place people coming back was Florida teams. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, JB Ireland and Mikey Fletcher, which was born and raised in Florida. Mm-hmm. Well, there, there we are from Florida. We're winning first. And they, they, if they were longer than 846, we won first. And they come back and unfortunately, they had a steer run a little bit and they were 869. Mm-hmm. And then, then it really, really did hit me. And I couldn't have told you what I'd done when I took the victory lap. <laughs> I have no idea, you know, I didn't. Until I watched the video of me roping, and I said, you know, I look just as crazy as everybody else <laughs> That is so funny. I couldn't believe the people that come to the winner circle for me, that people that I knew, people that I didn't know, and people that I had never seen before. I'd just be walking through the through the um, casino there. People would stop me mm-hmm. and congratulate me on my win. 
So there again, it turned right back into what we was talking about a while ago, how big a family matter the, the rodeo industry is. Absolutely. And I, I mean, I seen the video where you got emotional and I mean, I was crying, so I can't imagine how many other people out there got emotional for you. So that was one of the really cool parts of it. Well, I, I it was, you know, cause when, whenever I rode and they said I had won the rope wall, it's cold out there. And I had stuck my cell phone in my jacket and they grabbed me like I was a criminal. And, you know, they did. They took my horses away from me. And, you know, they grabbed me and Darren like we were, we had done something wrong. Mm-hmm. And I told them, I said, I want to go get my jacket and my phone. Because I know my wife and everybody was watching. And, you know, I wanted to call somebody, mm-hmm. you know, but they, they wouldn't let us get to our phone. They took us straight up to a room <laughs> like we had robbed the casino. Really? You know, they, yeah, they escorted us up there and stuck us in a room. And it was, you know, they went to interviewing us immediately. You know, I didn't have time. They was people taking pictures. and We didn't have time to talk to nobody. And I'm saying it was probably, I, I bet it was a good hour before we could ever talk to anybody after that. Wow. And, you know, my jacket and everything down there, I'm like, you know, I'm wanting to call my wife, which I know she was watching it on uh, video and everything. You know, I'm wanting to call my sister. I'm wanting to call my mom. You know, I'm wanting to tell people, and I'm like, nobody's going to, you know, I can't get the word out. Nobody's going to know. Well, by the time I got back to my phone, my phone, I had so many texts and so many voicemails, my phone was locked down. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not lying. I had to go to a phone store and he told me, he said, you just got to go through there. You have so many messages and text messages that your phone's locked down. He said, you just got to go through there and go to deleting them. And, and it was unreal, the text messages and the support that I had from people back in Florida or all around the world calling me and telling me thank you. That is wild. I did not know that part of the winning aspect of it, how they take you to a room and <laughs> that's wild. Oh, they take they take you to a room, and they got cake, they got wine, they got beer, water, whatever you want, food. I'm telling you, well, when you first go to there, you know, he's got you kind of like by the hand taking you through all these people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like I looked at Darren, and, and I, you know, laughing jokingly, I said, man, I said, have we done something wrong? And, you know, they take us in that room, and immediately – and I didn't realize this, but this, after they interview you, this is the press out there the next day. Mm-hmm. And so they, and I understand that they want to get it out. You know, these thousands of people, you could disappear there pretty quick. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they wanted it to hit everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they put us in that room and, you know, they asked, do you want water? Do you want a beer? Do you want wine, whiskey, whatever, cake, sandwiches? You know, and it's just me and Darren and the the man that's interviewing us. And they kept us there for about an hour. And, you know, when we finally, we come out, we come out into a, a huge crowd of people just sitting there like we were some kind of celebrity, you know. And, and it was, a, it was a, a weird feeling, you know, to, for everybody to be there and just, you know, screaming and hollering and, 
and won't let someone shake your hand or give you a hug. Now, will you continue to go back out there every year to Vegas? Oh, yeah. I'm sure it'll take a long time before I don't go back out there. <laughs> and, you know, unless unless something major happens, but I can't go. Right. You know, it's, um, you know, I tell, once I got back home, I tell everybody, man, if you can rope, if you can, if, if you can win a roping down here, or if you can place in a roping down here, you're crazy for not going out there. Right. Now, um, do you, um, go to Wickenburg before you go to Vegas or have you not been there yet? I, I have been to Wickenburg and I went there one year and, um, I felt like I didn't go there very prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't now, and that's kind of hard to say because I'm on my way to Las Vegas. How can I not be prepared? And when I say that, I didn't go there prepared horse wise. Mm-hmm. Um, I took my, my, sent my best horse to Vegas and then, uh, I took what I call my second or third horse to Wickenburg and, I didn't. I didn't feel like I had the horsepower that I needed to out there. Right. So, do you, will you plan on still going to Wickenburg every year, or will you just go to Vegas? Um, it's it's really hard to go to Wickenburg and go to Vegas on your good horse mm-hmm. because there's so many ropings out there at Wickenburg. And don't get me wrong, them ropings pay great. Mm-hmm. Them ropings pay twenty, thirty thousand, forty thousand dollars a man. I don't think none of them 40, man, but <laughs> you know, you can win, you can win good money, mm-hmm. you know, really good money out there. But if you take your horse out there, your good horse out there, and you better be mounted good out there because they just, all them guys is headed toward, most of them is headed toward Las Vegas. Right. So, um, it's just too much on your horse. Mm-hmm. And I think, and really and truthfully, it, it's, if you go out there like I did the first time I went out there and I entered the ropings like I would back home, and I think by the time I got to Vegas, I was pretty tired. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> you know, I, I stayed out there. I stayed out there, I think, six days. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, I never won nothing. But when I say I never won nothing, there again, you're roping against three to 400 teams. Right. So, you know, it's hard. it's hard enough to win when you go to a rodeo or a roping and they got 30 teams, much less, you know, three to 400 teams. Right. Now, like I said, I'm going to jump around because I'm not a professional at this by any means, but I wanted to ask you this earlier and I forgot. What's the biggest mistake that you see people doing that keeps them from winning? I'm going too fast. To me, to me um, you see it more in younger kids than you do uh, older guys, but pushing themselves outside their limits. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, the, the, the reaching, the bombing off, roping in the swing, first jump, um, that's fine and dandy if you got to do it, if your back's against the wall. Mm-hmm. But if you ain't got to do it, then, you know, why do it? They, some of them kids nowadays, that that's all they do. Mm-hmm. And I was a kid one time. It was a long time ago, but I was, and I wanted to win first. And uh, I think guys push themselves at the rodeos to the limit that what they don't practice. 
Mm-hmm. Does that make sense to you? Yes, sir. So, okay, that's with the team roping. What about, um, do you see anything like with the steer wrestling? In the steer wrestling, you know, um, down here, um, you know, I don't think guys prepare themselves. Um, and I don't want to step on nobody's toes, and I'm not going to, but... Um, you got guys that go there and steer wrestle, and the last time they steer wrestle was the rodeo that they just left from. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to, I don't care if, and, and I say this because I don't know, I don't know this, but if you're a bull rider, that's the roughest event they are in the sport of rodeo. You've got to go get on practice bulls. Mm-hmm. If you're a bareback rider, you still got to go get on practice horses. Mm-hmm. If you're a calf roper, you practice. If you're a barrel racer, you practice, and I think in the steer wrestling, a lot of guys don't run the amount of steers that they're supposed to during the week to prepare themselves for the win. Okay, now one of the last thing I've been asking everybody is what their goals are for this year, but I feel like you've kind of conquered every goal there is out there. Um, but is there any that you have left that you want to get to, and have your goal your goals look different now than they did ten or twenty years ago? Oh, fortunately, you know, unfortunately, you know, age has caught up with me in some aspect, or I'd still be roping kids and steer wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have the pretty much the same goals as I've always had. I like to win, mm-hmm. and um, I like to make the circuit finals. Um, uh, you know, my goals in life. As you know, I would love to win the roping out there at Vegas again. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to win the circuit again. Um, you know, I want to go down. One of my big goals is I want to go down in, in history as being a great cowboy. Mm-hmm. And I want to make the circuit finals. My goal is to make it 40 times, mm-hmm. um, which I really feel like that I should be able to do. Right. As um, long as I can long as I can stay healthy and I feel like I'm still as competitive as I can be. Mm-hmm. Now you can't be getting hurt anymore to get to this goal. <laughs> exactly. There's no chance for me making the circuit finals but in this recliner as I'm talking to you. Right. <laughs> we got to keep you safe out there. <laughs> exactly. But thank you so much for getting on and talking with me. I'll let you off the phone, but I've really enjoyed this and I think everybody else is really going to love hearing from you. And, um, I mean, I've always loved watching you and I, I can't wait to see if you can, I mean, I know you can get to the 40 qualifications, so I'm really looking forward to that, but thank you for just being such a great mentor to everybody from Florida and being an inspiration for us. Well, I have thoroughly enjoyed talking to you and I have thoroughly enjoyed doing everything that I've done in life and rodeoing is the number one thing that I love to do. And I hope, I hope to come back after this. And, you know, where people can watch me and still enjoy watching me. 